Hey, welcome folks to another episode of the Bishy P podcast. Um, I'm absolutely delighted to say that we're joined by Glasgow Rocks head coach and current player Gareth Murray. Gareth, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to do this. Brilliant, brilliant. You're a first uh, basketball representative, so we're, we're delighted that it's you that's joining us, mate. Thank you very much for having me. We're also joined by Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson, how are you doing? How's the legs after the, the Bishy beats and walk over the weekend? I think they've just about recovered. Uh-huh. I'm an old man now, so it takes me a wee bit longer to ease them out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as you'll probably have guessed, Mr. Irvin isn't here. He's away doing some referee duties and doing other bits and bobs, so hopefully he'll be back with us next week. It's probably a good thing he's not here, Mr. Johnson. Uh, definitely. Um, um, right, Gareth, anyway, so I'm going to start us off. Um, we really want to find an, an insight into your, your school career and, and kind of what that was like. How did you find it? Um, did you stay on to fourth, fifth or sixth year? What was your like? Uh, yeah, so I went to I went to Arbroath. I grew up in Arbroath. I uh, went to Arbroath High School. Um, I stayed on till sixth year. I was actually contemplating leaving in fifth year, um, going to college in, in, in Dundee College and studying sports coaching or something along those lines. Um, but I actually decided to stay on for six years to, um, do a couple more hires and decided that it's probably best that I stay in high school right now and continue playing basketball at the time was which was my main focus mm-hmm. um, my, my whole goal was try to get to America and get to American high school so staying another year at school um, actually helped me um, figure out the best way to get to America to be honest with you it wasn't I wasn't really exactly sure at the time how it was going about because this is we do got to think this is back in 2002 2003 <laughs> type of time like this so it's a good, a good few years ago now uh, I wasn't exactly sure how to get there luckily my uh, my basketball coach and he was the head of PE at the time John Grant um, he got in contact with a, a company called Flag and they're still going now and he's one of the head guys in Scottish Rep for Flag Foreign Links around the globe and they're sending kids to America in high schools pretty regular obviously there's a lot little different things going on right now um, yeah. but previously I was one of the me and this other guy from the school David uh, we both went to American high school um, straight after finishing our six year of high school and in, in our growth um, so school was School was school was good. I mean, it was I used it basically for basketball. Education was a side note for me. I'll be honest, it was a side note. But it's the older you get, you realize how much more educate how you need your education. That's that's basically what you figure out. So if anybody's listening to this, obviously, I'm not saying don't concentrate on school. Education is the main focus and the main thing, and that's what's going to take you the the furthest in in, in your sport as well because that's how you get into these universities in America and university sport over here as well so um, definitely stick with your education yeah that's a great message Um, did you have any particular favourite subjects at school or any role models you mentioned obviously the the PT there at at your school who's Um, in terms of favourite subjects (laughs) PE obviously was one of them always Uh, PE got to play sports I was I was very much into all sports growing up. Um, I started off with football, moved in a little bit of rugby and tennis, and then um, basketball became the main focus around about 14 or 15. I kind of cut all the other sports out and really focused on basketball. Um, but PE was probably the main one. I didn't mind English too bad. Maths, I couldn't stand. Um, now, more the more I get old, 
geography, I was, I'm more interested in geography and a little bit of history now than I was in school. Um, but I, I'm really into geography and that type of, like, I like different countries and seen uh, different places. So that's one of the things um, I'm into. Fair enough. Any influential role models, perhaps? As well? um, there's always guys that are older than you that are, that are playing basketball that you look up to and you're like, okay, maybe one day I'll be as good as them. There's in Scottish basketball back then, for me, it was somebody like uh, a Jimmy Steele. Um, I don't know if you know, he used to play for the Glasgow Rocks when they were in Edinburgh. He now works at Sports Scotland. He was a basketball at Sports Scotland now. Um, he was fairly similar position, height, frame, everything. So somebody I looked up to um, growing up. He's a few years older than me, obviously. Um, but he's somebody that uh, I wouldn't really had uh, influence with. But I just saw him and thought, okay, this is a guy that I could be but like this guy one day. Yeah. And, uh, now I actually played with him. He was the captain of the the Scotland national team in the 2006 Commonwealth Games, and he was the captain. So I did actually get to play alongside him um, when I was around 21, 20, 20 21 years old. So yeah. I actually played against him. But that's the only. I've got other lots of influences around like coaches and things like that growing up. Yeah. But as in terms of a player that I looked up to, there's probably probably the one that stands out the most. Mm-hmm. Just, just a, a side question. Obviously, you mentioned there about 13, 14 was when you started the basketball. Was, mm-hmm. was that always the intention? Did you perhaps have a family member who was big on basketball? Like, Where did that come about? Oh, um, so I, I was football. I was, that's all I was wanted to play football and that when I was younger. I did some other sports just through PE and that, and I was interested. I played rugby tennis, but. Basketball, I started when I got to high school. My, one of my good friends now, he um, he took me along to basketball practice. It was a high school team. And yeah. basketball was like uh, John Grant and Keith Ritchie, the PE teachers in the school. They were big on basketball. And we had a good basketball program through the, through the PE department there. Yeah. And uh, John Grant started the Arbroath Musketeers back in, I think this, the program started in 96 or 94, sorry, it started in 94, I think it was. And uh, so they had a big basketball program in Arbroath, and obviously it's a very small town. It was one of the biggest basketball clubs in in Scotland at the time. Yeah, no. um, so this is, this is how I got into basketball. It was not, None of my family played it. My younger brother plays basketball now, but nobody in my family ever played basketball really before. It was just through the, the actual PE department that had the big influence on basketball. Really? Yeah, basketball. The team they had all the school teams. They had the national league as well. Excellent, excellent. Gareth, yeah, you mentioned there that you played a lot of different sports. Do you think those other sports or the background in other sports helped your basketball? Definitely, I think uh, especially like badminton and tennis. Definitely good for footwork, eye-hand mm-hmm. coordination, those type of things. I think that, that like these are like really good for your footwork. Um, your tennis and getting your feet underneath you, behind you, and everything. I think all these things are, all these different sports. I don't think at a younger age you should concentrate on one specific sport. Like I've got a young daughter now. When she starts getting older, I won't be like pushing her into here. You need to go play basketball. That's all you're going to get to do. It won't be. I would get her to try, try to do everything. Um, yeah. uh, especially even like when you're a young young kid. I'm talking like five, six, seven, eight. Getting gymnastics and 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 swimming and all these all these other things. My daughter's been swimming since she was. Uh, probably eight months old so like I think all these different sports help you in the long run get to you find a sport that you really can really progress in and so I think these other ones are really good for you absolutely 
Perfect. Um, so my next question then is about your just your journey into basketball. How did how did it come about then? Uh, so like I said, I started in, and started in Arbroath High School, and then after I went to the trials in the first year of high school, um, and then I eventually I think it was in second year I got invited to the, the national league team, which is basically under sixteen uh, national league um, right. club basketball, basically. Um, so it was one of the one of the younger. Everyone's 13, I think, they started in uh, National League basketball under 16 level. So then it was just, it just goes from there. So I was, pretty, I was pretty much playing basketball every single day. You had your high school team, you had your, your, your after school practices, you could get at lunch times, um, and then you had your club training once or twice a week, and you had your games at the weekend. So I was playing a lot of basketball at that age. Um, from there, make, you start making like the, the, the North teams, the regional teams. Um, TSI team, all these types, um, eventually making Scotland team when I was uh, 15 years old for under 16s, under 18s. Um, that's when I really started taking it really pretty, pretty serious. I was practicing probably four, five hours a day. So I would have I would go in the morning time before school. You'd have your lunch time, and then you'd have again after school practice. So I was I was practicing quite a lot, um, and then I had the the hoop in the back garden as well, playing against. My brother. So it was a lot of basketball I was playing. So the goal was, at any young age, it was back then it was always trying to get to America. America was the goal, uh, trying to get to either high school or college. And that was that was my main focus. How I was going to get there, like I said, I wasn't exactly sure at the time. But luckily, John Grant got me into that flag program. And I, I did an exchange year um, in Michigan. And I was at a high school called Battle Creek Penfield. Um, mm-hmm. school in Michigan um, I went there um, I stayed at uh, times of the year so it started when I first arrived that whole focus was like right I'm in here I'm playing basketball I'm playing basketball and that's all I'm here for but at the beginning of the school year you've only got soccer or American football so I'm like right well never played American football before I don't think I'll be able to just pick that up very quickly so I actually joined the, the soccer team and uh, end up being and played for a few years, but I end up being the captain of the team, uh, scoring the most goals, and like the the, the most valuable player for the, the the soccer team, making all all city team and all this. And it wasn't something that would like it, it made it helped me make friends. Basically, is why I was there. That's what I, I used it for to get to know people and learn about the city and culture and. But I was there. I played football. Then the basketball season starts around November, and that year it was it was we had a pretty successful year, one of the most successful years we've had at the school. Um, we had a seventeen and three record, uh, so a very good winning record. And we actually got put out of the first round of like the playoffs, basically first round of the, the districts. Um, from there, I got an offer to go. There was a few schools interested in me to stay on and and. Go to uh, college or university, in, um, like a, a junior college and some Division three schools as well. So there's like a, a variety of different schools, and like you've got to understand, this is a, like American sports is like a big business. There's a lot of players, a lot of people trying to get scholarships, and, and this is what their their focus is on. And so they're looking for guys that they think can do well and progress and 
benefit from it. All these other different things that go along with trying to get a scholarship. Um, so I had the Division One scholarship that I thought I was going to get, ended up and didn't receive it. So the next option was what I was told by this college was to go to junior college. And I didn't, at the time, this is, I'm brand new to America, don't really know too much. About the different college systems. And like I was given from this guy, so I ended up going along the road from Battle Creek. So it wasn't far away. And so I ended up going to college here for two years. Um, after that, uh, finished college there, I decided wasn't sure what I was going to do next. Another few offers to stay in college in America, but I thought, all right, I'm coming home. And I'm coming back to Arbroath and see where that takes me after that. I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. Was I going to get a job? Was I going to go to university? Was I even going to continue playing basketball? I really wasn't sure. Um, and I just happened, one of my friends said, oh, there's a trial for the Glasgow Rocks this Wednesday night at Kelvin Hall in Glasgow. And uh, so I ended up just going along to the trial and... Um, I actually knew one of the coaches. He was assistant coach at the time, and he he uh, said, "Oh, we're having a preseason tournament in Norway this weekend. Uh, are you able to go?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything, so why not? Let's go along." Uh, so they ended up taking me along to the preseason tournament in Norway, and uh, didn't play the first game. The second game, I came on. Had I think I finished the game with like ten points. You know, I was. Um, quite happy with myself and so that night um, met with the, the head coach and the owners and that and they, they offered me to um, sign on for the season and pretty much how it started it wasn't the not everyone's way of doing it it's obviously lots of different ways of getting picked up by a professional team but that's basically how my how I managed to become part of the Glasgow Rocks basically would you say would you say there's a big did you notice a big difference when you went over there in terms of the standard of, of basketball? Just because yeah. there's probably so many more people playing out there, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, I was I was in a small place. I was in the high school I was at was around seven eight hundred um, right. people, so it wasn't. They've only got four years of high school there, so it wasn't a huge school, fairly mm -hmm. um, mid-sized school for the the, the actual state. But um, so many people, so many. Every high school team has a basketball. It's, the, the facilities are so much better. There's, there dedicated training times for when your sport is on. Like there's no, right, you have to go, this is badminton time, you can't practice now. There's dedicated times for basketball practice. Every And when basketball season is on, it's basketball season. There's nothing else going on. You've got... You've got volleyball and then you've got basketball and that's the, and you've got women's basketball as well. But you've got that that is what's going on at the time. And so everything is dedicated to that sport for that, that time of the year for especially in high school. And then when you get to college it's even a bigger level. It's like it's it's huge. It's like everyone's going for a scholarship and all this and so much money and involved and um, you know, I don't know if everybody knows like a, uh, to go to American colleges it's not cheap. Very expensive for even for the for local people. It's you're talking like thirty thousand a year to go to American college. So getting a scholarship is a big deal. Getting a full ride, a full scholarship to American college or university is a big deal. So everybody's fighting for positions. So you can see, imagine how competitive it is at a younger age. People are doing extra practice and training with um, coaches and whatever they can do to try to get to gain that scholarship. So it's, it's very competitive and a lot, uh, the, the, the standards are a lot higher and there's so many more people playing the sports as well. You've got to think about how many people are vying for those spots. So many people, so much competition. Yeah. 
Back to me, is it? Back to me, Scotty, yeah. Uh, no, I think sorry, I think I lost connection there for a wee bit, so I couldn't I couldn't really hear any of you. Um, I've got one more question, Gareth, just about yep. when you were growing up in terms of part time jobs. Did you have any part time jobs growing up when you were either here or in America? No, I never. Luckily enough, I never actually uh, had to work. Um, so you've never had a real job. <laughs> never had a real job. No. <laughs> Basketball is has been good to me. It's been good. Yeah. Uh, my parents took care of everything. My mum pretty much took care of everything when I was younger. So, um, never had to do any part time. Uh, honestly, I never had time. Yeah. All I all I did like my life was consuming basketball every every day, practicing school practice, and the weekends was games. So it was there wasn't any time for it. Wasn't any time for it. Luckily enough, my my mum was good enough and got me everything I needed. So it's what good. And then when I yes, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been good to me. I mean, I had a few jobs when I first started professional. I'll be honest, I had a few jobs to to keep me going. My very first job was uh, when I first I signed. Uh, I worked for uh, Phoenix Honda. They were one of the sponsors at the time, and I worked there for a few weeks. Um, worked at uh, BHS for a couple of weeks and then uh, one of our sponsors was the Erskine Bridge Hotel um, and I actually worked there in the summertime over the summer. Um, I worked there and even part of the, during the season one year I worked a couple of days a week there at Erskine Bridge Hotel. So I've, I've had a few jobs like that. Um, but basketball, since probably my second or third, pretty much dedicated to that. Uh, it's paid me enough in the summer so I don't have to work a lot. All summer, I do some coaching things and that over the summer. It's been good to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Gareth, you obviously you spoke about your professional career in a, a bit of length there, um, but you also spent some time in France as well. What was that mm-hmm. like in terms of the kind of culture, living away from home as well? Obviously, you've had that previously in America. Yeah, so, so talking about my professional, I played five years for Glasgow Rocks. Yeah. different names they've had over the years but uh, basically the Rocks I've played them for five years um, I then went down to Cheshire for a year and they were the Cheshire Jets at the time I went down there for one year one season um, I came back up played for Glasgow for another three years uh, I must have missed the city um, and then my whole goal the whole time was trying to get to Europe I wanted these type of countries to play European basketball because over there, it's like the, it's not their main sport always, but they have a lot more resources and there's a lot bit more money in the leagues and they're pretty, pretty um, professional leagues, you know, they run, ran well. So that was the whole goal was trying to get over to the league. The basketball is a, a lot more competitive as well. So um, I ended up going down to Cheshire for a pre-season um, and then got an offer to go to France for a short-term deal which was uh, like an uh, injury replacement. So I went to France for three months and I was over in Vendée Chalands. It's over um, in the west coast, the west type side and uh, right by the beach. So I was I was there for three months. Um, the contract ended. I was looking for another team. Ended up going down to Plymouth for three months. So I played a little bit of that year. for Only playing for one team for like eight years. I played for three in one year that time. Um, then the following year, I went to I went to France for the for the whole season. I went to uh, Angers. It's A N G E R S is a the, the spelling, but Angers is how you say it. I went there um, for the whole season. 
Um, and at the time, my wife was pregnant, so I had a do- my wife had a daughter in January. So it was a, it was a French system is like a very well run league. So there's there's different divisions. Obviously, the top top league is Pro A, then you've got Pro B, and then there's national division. It's very equivalent to the, the standard of the BBL in the UK. So the third league is very uh, it's a very competitive league as well. Um, our coach that was here for Glasgow last year, he he was my coach in France at the time, Vincent Lavender. He was the coach over there. I met at the time and he recruited me to come over there. Um, the, we had a very young team. I was the oldest guy in the team at 29. So the rest of the guys were average age was around 22. So I was the old guy in the team trying to keep up with them. Uh, so that was, I was a challenge in that. But I was, it was something that I really, really was excited about going to, to play in France. Obviously, I played a few months before that. So it was a great opportunity for me. I actually offered to, they offered me to go back again that following year. But like I said, I, I had a daughter and I had the Commonwealth Games coming up. So I made the decision to um, come back to Glasgow um, the following year. Um, luckily enough, we got to, I got to bring uh, the coach over here last season, the end towards the season before, but last season I got him to bring, come over here. And so he, he uh, had the opportunity to see the British League and he was actually coach of the year last year for us. Um, in the British League, which is which is good for him, he's taken a deal back in France, and he's taken three of the guys that played with us last year. Another Scottish guy, Ali Fraser, one of my good plus our American point guard, and another big French guy we had last year. So they've all gone to France to play with him now. So uh, it was it was good. It was good for the good opportunities for them as well. But my time in France was really good. I wish I didn't have to cut it as short. I would like to have still played out there for a couple more years, but yeah. I, I enjoyed the time. It's very, it's a very good league, very professional. Even though, like I say, it's a third league, it's it's a very good high. They've got like six, eighty professional teams in France, twelve maybe in the UK. So it's a very, very good competitive basketball. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, you obviously you touched on the Commonwealth Games there. You've represented your country mm-hmm. and also Team GB, yep. uh, and then also obviously at a club level. But what sort of highlights? What would your highlights be of your professional career? Um, in terms of club, say that again. If you pick one or two highlights, what would they be? Pick one or two highlights. So, Collins, um, one of the only two, one of the only players to play for the Commonwealth Games of basketball. So that's quite a big highlight for me. The Commonwealth Games, a fourth place finish last uh, in 2018. That was just the whole team, the whole everything about the whole trip. That's got to be one of my highlights. Uh, it was just the way we played basketball, the way the coach got us working together, and just the the, the beating beating England. The very first game and uh, Cameron was like a, a well-known basketball powerhouse, and then obviously coming up against Australia and New Zealand, they were like they were they were going for the gold and silver. So it's a bit different level, but uh, just the whole experience. That's got to be one of my highlights of my career. Uh, is that Commonwealth Games. And then playing for Great Britain as well. That's that's like something I dreamed of when I was younger. Even when even when I was younger, when I say younger, I'm still talking like 25, 26, playing against some of the best players in the world. You know, uh, played against Spain and uh, Germany, um, Russia. Like all these, t- some of these top guys are playing in the NBA, and I got an opportunity to play against these guys. And that's as a as a young kid or even whatever age you want to say. 
it's still a dream playing against these guys and wanting, and never like thinking to myself, right, I'm, I'm coming from a growth thinking like I'm going to get to play against some of the best players in the world and I'm going to be on the court playing against them, guarding them and playing like meaningful minutes. You know, that's like something that I'm really I'm quite happy about, to be honest with you. Um, there would be my two highlights that I can, that's off the top of my head right now, like, like just playing this type of level of basketball. I'm excited about. Now the next the next challenge I have is uh, something that I always I always uh, hoped would happen. Maybe not this soon, but become a coach of the Rocks. That'd be. Um, I was hoping to not continue playing and coach at the same time, but the way things are right now, this is the way it is. But the the goal was always to become the coach of the Rocks sometime. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Obviously, with, with, with highlights, there, there sometimes becomes uh, some setbacks. Could you tell us perhaps maybe some setbacks you've had throughout your career and, and how you responded to them? Uh, two things that stand out in my mind right now. So when I was telling you about I was in France, my, my daughter was born and there was it was over Christmas time. I went, I went back to France for, um, sorry, I went back to Scotland, to Glasgow for, for my daughter being for Christmas and for my daughter being born. And the coach... Vincent, he wasn't too happy that I was staying longer than anticipated because the season was about to start up, tip off again, uh, the second part of the season. So um, coming back late, he was uh, he wasn't too impressed. Um, so kind of had a shaky relationship for the next six weeks or so. So he really uh, mentally pushed me to the edge, uh, but I stuck through it. I stuck through it, and so like getting through a challenge like that where. You're, you know, your 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 wife and daughter at home in Glasgow, and you're in France, and the coach is giving you a hard time, and you're just like pushing your body to the limit and your mind, and like trying to get through that. And it was, and in the long run, it was worth it. But it was a challenge at the time, uh, trying to get through that. Eventually, my the, it actually gets came out to France and visit me, so that was good uh, for a few weeks. Um, but getting through that whole season was was a challenge. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I got injured. We had the pretty, we were doing pretty well for the team, um, and I hurt my back um, probably in like January time. And I tried to keep playing. I just kept on pushing myself, and then eventually, towards like March, it got really bad, and so I had to kind of sit out and getting through having to sit out and watch for a few games was tough. And then I tried to push myself again, trying to get back in. And then eventually towards the end of the season, I had to like, I could could barely move. So I ended up having to get um, two injections in my back. Uh, This big, huge needle uh, steroid injection, cortisone injection in my back. So that was kind of challenging. Get coming back from that um, was, that's only knock on with the only real serious injury I've had um, in my career so that's been quite quite good with that that's obviously the small injuries but nothing real serious but that was mostly difficult one but um, from that injury actually maybe like must have been made maybe four or five months later I, I went to Eurobasket um, in Turkey mm-hmm. and playing for Great Britain again and once again playing against these top teams and playing against some of the best players in the world so actually uh, Getting back from that injury was was quite good. It was, it was, it was successful in the end. It's the only two things I really think, think about. I don't know if this is true, but I'm sure I read this somewhere that the NBA, like the the average um, career, is something like three or four years. Is that right? Um, it could be. Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously guys that play a lot a lot longer, but the yeah. probably probably could be around that time. There's there's obviously guys that will last a lot longer, but. 
NBA yeah. tough business. There's only they only take I think it's 420 players in a season, so yeah. there's a lot of guys that are coming that could come in and out. But um, some guys move on to after the NBA, they move on to Europe. So yeah, playing right. it could be a short time span. But most most guys that are playing, they're they're looking to probably retire around the 30, 32, 35 years old probably. So is that is that more just people going in and out? Because when I read it, I just kind of thought. About injuries, like I think it's more of people coming in and out. There is obviously there's yeah. serious injuries for people, but mainly yeah. just people coming in and out. It's just, it's just the business. There's so many people trying to vie for that spot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's mainly just the business. There's you do get obviously you get the there's some serious injuries where people just can't play anymore. But yeah. That's that's the that's the life. Is that back to me then, Mister McHugh? Okay, so my next question, Gareth, is about initiation. So, if, have you ever experienced any initiations within maybe the, the basketball changing room or maybe a new club that you've? Um, so, one thing we did with the with the Great Britain team is only one we really do the the Rocks. We never really had anything like that. Right. Uh, I can I, I can remember. My memory is not good, but uh, the only one that we uh, really we stuck to was the Great Britain. They have to sing the national anthem. Um, after the first, uh, the British national, after the, uh, I think it's the before or after the first game, the first cap, basically. And right. no matter where we are, so we usually go out for dinner before a game or after a game. And wherever we are, we have to, you have to sing the national anthem. Now, maybe that's on your own. Maybe there's four guys who've got the first cap that night. But yeah, that's the, that's the only one that really sticks in the And we, we've, we've stuck to that for a good number of years. So um, where where were you when you had to sing yours? I was luckily mine was in a nice quiet place. I think there's like three or four of us. I think we were in a hotel restaurant. It was it wasn't very busy, but we were actually down in uh, was it Manchester or London the last time? And the guy on his own, and we were in this big, huge, open like open restaurant where you know like the uh, the big eat in Glasgow. Yeah, got, yeah. You got yeah. The restaurants. There's a big one of them, and. and Everyone's just sitting around, and he has to sing it. From it actually, does a really good job. It's really good. Um, so there's probably I'd, I'd say there's probably about a couple hundred people there, and he's had to stand up on, on top of the stairs and sing to everybody in the place. But he, that's good. That's only that's the only ones I can really think of that we do. I don't. Scotland, the Scotland stuff was. I don't. I can't think of anything we did. Um, because the, the thing with the Scotland is never. Every year, or every six months, or every two, you don't really celebrate the caps as much as you do with Great Britain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And the rocks, so many people coming in. Um, we usually get the rookies to like sing happy birthday to the to whoever's birthday it is, or something like that. Would be the other ones that come up. But obviously, rookies have to carry the bags for everybody, and take care of the basketballs and that. But that's just yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you touched on the kind of mental side of basketball, or uh -huh. when you were when you were travelling back and forth, and the kind of yeah. the mental strain it was putting on you. So my next question is about mental preparation for games. Do you have anything that you kind of go through mentally when you're preparing for a big game? Yes and no. They're like superstitions, but they're not. Right. I'm not very superstitious, but I am. <laughs> I've got to tie my. I've got to put my left sock on first. I've got to tie my left lace first. You got to stretch the same way every time. Right. Things like that. But 
I'm not superstitious though. <laughs> <laughs> Only things like that really. Um, mentally focused, like you think about, you usually have video before the game, yep. not the, 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 maybe the day before the game, so you kind of think about the plays, uh, think about what the coach has talked about, how you're going to defend a certain player, how you have to defend certain plays. That's the mental side of it that you're, you're thinking about maybe some people think about it more than others, and then that's, that's yeah. their thing. But that's the only the, the mental real side that focus on focus on what you what you actually have to do. But that's all been drilled in you throughout the week, most of the time of how you're going to run certain plays. It might be like a play that you run regularly, but the coach has moved, switched it about a little bit and said, in this situation, you're doing this, like the different X's and O's of a, of a play. Um, Focusing on your your opponents, what you what you your goals are, and the coach usually says that before the game. You have a board on the, on the in the locker room that will say, "This is our keys to the game, etc." You're focusing on them, and then my non superstitions where your, your your socks and your your shoes and stretches and all this type of stuff. Other than that, I don't listen to music. Maybe in the locker room there's music on, but I don't put headphones on or listen to a certain song. Sometimes sit in my car before I go into the game and think about the thing, but mm-hmm. that's that's usually, that's as far as it goes for me. I don't have to eat a certain food or eat a certain time before it, whatever, none of those type of things. Yeah. And this is this is just me personally. Lots of people have different things. I've seen some crazy stuff and, and they have to do certain things a certain way and they have to eat at a certain time and certain food they have to eat. You know, there's lots of different people have different things going on, but yeah. that's, that's mine. Uh, the, the reason we're ask, uh, we've asked that question is because we teach like visualization is, is something that can help develop your performance when right, we're talking okay, yeah. about our higher classes. So yeah. we just kind of wanted to get an idea of professional athletes like yourself and if you're mm-hmm. putting this into practice. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I say, it's, it's more of the X's nose that I really think about is the, yep. of like how the, how the plays and do you do you see yourself? Do you see yourself coming down the lane and dunking on three people? Like you visualize it, but is it going to happen? Like you know, like these type of things. Uh, it's your imagination, but uh, it could happen. It could yeah. happen. That's um, so. My next question is about the teams that you've been involved in. So you've played for so many really successful teams. You've played against some very successful teams. What do you feel makes a a really successful team? Um, Previously, I would have said you don't have to get on with the person off the court to be a good team, and I still kind of stick with that. But you all have to have the same goal, yeah. And and that is, you have to, no matter what your plan for the future is, if that's going to play in a higher league, if you want to go somewhere else and make more money, whatever it is, your individual goals, but they still have to stick with the team goal. Yeah. And I've just I just sent that to the players last week, saying, look. Everyone has aspirations to go everywhere else or move on to bigger and better things. That's understandable. That's the way it is. That's the that's life, and that's what that's what you're trying to do in your career. That's your goal. But while you're here, team comes first on everything. Team comes first on everything. So everyone has to have the ultimate goal at the end of the day, is and that's to win. So mm-hmm. you have to do whatever it takes. And if the coach is asking you to do this type of thing, it might not be what you think is the best thing to do all the time. But at the end of the day, the coach is there to to be successful and make the team win 
Mm. Um, might not be the same line as what each individual player thinks, but at the end of the day, you've got to think about your the teammates. There's a lot of players make a lot of sacrifices to come and play from overseas or playing in different um, from different backgrounds and all these different things but if everybody is on the same page and on this, uh, you've got to sacrifice for the team and for each individual then usually your pretty teams are pretty successful yeah excellent answer yeah that's really good um, my next question is taking us into obviously your coaching side now Gareth and I know it's a, a, a role that you've just taken on quite recently but how, how are you finding the balance between that player coach role perhaps even dealing with players that were previously your teammates who are now yeah so like I said we've uh, been previously before the start of this we actually haven't started practicing yet as a team uh, with all the different restrictions going on and indoor sports and being able to open facilities yeah all these different things and actually some of the guys have arrived but we actually can't get on a court yet some of them are quarantined some of them are, um, we're not able to actually practice physical basketball right now we can individually you lose your own basketball you got to keep your social distance and all this type of thing um, so we actually haven't had a, a opportunity to actually play and coach at the same time yet um, I was involved when Sterling Davis was a coach I was a player at the time he was a player coach um, and try to see how he balanced things there's been a couple of player coaches in the league before and it's it, I don't know how I'm going to handle it right now it's the honest answer I don't know Am I going to play 30 minutes? I'm the coach now. I can play as much as I want. Am I going to be that guy? Or am I going to be right? I want to sit back and watch and let these guys do the thing. And then if I need to make a change, I'll step in and help and, and do things. That um, Am I going to be the guy that's shouting at you crazy and going mental? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, previously, yes, as a coach. Am I going to be the, the guy that understands the, the different scenarios that are going on? Yes, because yeah. I've been there before. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that, that I'll be more player-focused, player-based, um, obviously, because I'm still playing. Um, so I'll take an understanding from that. But the actual physically playing and coaching at the same time, I've not done it yet. So I don't know how that will go. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep yes. eyes peeled. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Back to you, Mr. Johnson. Um, so what advice then would you have for any young aspiring basketballers or athletes? Uh, basketball players, I mean, like I was telling you before, if you want to get better, something happens for everything, really. If you want to get better or something, you have to practice it. And you have to practice it correctly. Um, it's all good going to the court and playing and doing, doing different things. But if you have actually have a plan, and like, okay, I'm going to get better at doing this specific thing. So whether that is for basketball, dribbling your left hand or shooting layups with your left hand, or I want to be really fast and crossing somebody over or whatever it is, I want to get a better outside shot, you have to practice it. And that goes with every sport. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the time to practice that properly. Um, whatever whatever your sport is. It could be swimming, could be gymnastics, could be dancing, whatever it is. The, the people that are successful at those things dedicate themselves to that mm-hmm. and whatever it takes if that's your if you have to if that's down to nutrition if that's down to um, extra hours practicing that thing it's it all it's all combined together but to me the biggest thing is if you want want to get better you have to practice it you can only practice it but definitely set yourself goals of what you what you want to work on so there's okay I'm going to put more hours playing basketball so I'm on the court for three hours 
But what did you actually achieve in those three hours? Did you actually have a specific plan of how you're going to get better at something? I know you guys as teachers will be have a certain, I can't remember them in my time now, but certain things that you have in place of different steps that you take uh, to get better at something. But I was, when I'm coaching up from, from whatever they want to get to, but they always have a goal of what, what they want to get out of it in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Gareth, I've got a wee kind of question on the side here. Um, I told my dad we were interviewing Gareth Murray from the Glasgow Rocks. He said, is that the guy with the beard? Right? <laughs> where, where does the inspiration come with the beard? Just the incest. I actually don't know. So, the beard. I eventually could grow one and then I just, I just never just, I cut it one time. So when I was in Plymouth, I, so I, so I was in France, sorry, for the three months and I started growing my beard and I was like, yeah, this looks all right. I keep growing it a little bit. Then one day I was in Plymouth, I was like, I've had enough of this beard. I'm going to shave it. Shaved it all off completely. And that was the last time I ever shaved. 2015, was that? 15, 16, something like that? Wow. Something around that time. And I just let it grow. And now I get it trimmed every time I get a haircut. Well, right now I'm not allowed to get it trimmed because I'm not allowed to touch a beard. But um, usually I get it trimmed every every time I get a haircut. But yeah, there's, yeah. there's nothing actually behind it. I just... None of your superstitions. None of your No, none of that. There's no strength in my beard. None of that stuff. I just, uh, <laughs> I just let it grow now. And so now you can't. I, I just, I just let it go. Can't cut it now. I just went. That's the goal was to get it down to my chest. And now it touched my chest. I'm just going to let it keep going. Yeah. Actually, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's actually grown in a wee while because I'm not been getting a trend, You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, right, Gareth, your finisher. If you were to create your own starting five of basketball players, past or present, who would they be and why? Sorry, did you hear me there, No, no, I missed it. Sorry, um, if you were to create your own starting five of basketball players, past and present, who would they be and why? So is that is that uh, Glasgow Rocks or the whole world? Any five you want. I mean, I'm going to go with obviously NBA because it's it's the best players in the world. And so my my first one obviously would be Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, um, Kobe Bryant. And the last one is always the hardest one for me. I never know. See, to make a full, a proper team, to make a five, a proper team, you have to find a guy that's willing to do everything for your team. And I think that comes down to the point guard. So this might be a crazy, crazy pick if, if other people are interested in this type of thing. But I'm going somebody like Steve Nash. I don't know if you know who Steve Nash is now. become the Brooklyn Nets head coach. Yeah. Um, he is like, to me, the ultimate point guard and there's lots of guys that have lots of skills and and can do lots of different things but to me he's just like the overall guy that would bring that whole team together mm-hmm. that would be rounding up my and these all guys these are just the five best players I think they're not all necessarily the same position that they are the same position etc but these are the guys that I would pick for my team excellent yeah oh, good. 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 Um, listen, Gareth, thanks very much for joining us today. 
Um, we really do appreciate it. Um, we wish you all the very best in your new role as the player coach. Thank you very much. Maybe get, maybe get you on in a year's time, you can re-evaluate that. See how I am, see if I've got any beard left, I might pull it out and my hair might fall out, or it might just be grey, who knows. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, for those of you are watching, um, obviously as you know, per usual, you can access this uh, latest podcast episode on YouTube and continue to check our P, uh, Bishy P podcast Twitter page for any more updates. Cheers guys, take care. See you later. Thanks guys. Cheers. Thank you.